welcome to MedTech Talks. My name is Leanne Delaney and this podcast is hosted by Explore Life Science, a part of the SGI group, and we are dedicated to uh, showcasing success stories of exceptional careers and personal journeys in and around the MedTech space. Now, today is episode eight of our mini-series, Women Who Lead, and I'm joined by Kelly Jonas from MediCert. She's the Vice President of Quality and Regulatory uh, for that medical device organisation, and she's going to be sharing a personal journey about finding your tribe, so understanding who the key people are in a community to progress your career and why finding a mentor and being a good mentor is so important to success. So, Kelly, thank you for joining us today. It's great to have you here. Uh, Leanne, for having me, I'm actually really excited to share my story today. Oh, fantastic. So, before we go into your story and your journey, tell me, why is finding a good mentor so important? Sure. No, that's a great question, Leanne. You know, what finding a good mentor, really helped helped me at the beginning uh, of my career, especially uh, from leading. The uh, first mentor that I ever had was actually outside of, of quality, which I think is actually a great thing. Um, she was she was in HR and what what the uh, she me was to look at, you know, different challenges kind of through a different lens. And, you know, she brought perspective to some of the just even challenges or not even challenges, just and concerns and even sometimes just general discussion about how to you know as a new with new direct reports how to lead people and you know even to this day her and I that relationship from a mentor mentee to actually great friends that meet for dinner once a month. Oh that's lovely to hear and I suppose it's good to have someone to just bounce ideas off and really sort of investigate your own thoughts in terms of business as well and it sounds like you got that from from her absolutely and you know one of the things that i have really you know even though i consider myself a very intelligent person i love bringing in perspectives on you know whether it's challenges or even success stories or even like how to do how to great and having that different perspective and having just people to bounce off with it just makes you, it makes you so much stronger as a leader um, to be able to do that. Oh, that's, that's a good explanation. And, and it's so important to have someone to, to really sort of bounce your ideas off. So, no, I agree with that, definitely. And you've had, I guess, something that taught you that not everyone was in your best interest. So tell us a little bit about what, what it was that sort of made you realise finding a good mentor and finding out people obviously didn't have your best interest was was such a, a big thing for you sure no, no good question yeah there was there was definitely some times in my career a few years ago was going through you know challenging company was going through there was going through a lot of change and you know i you know used to having the same people reporting to me the same you know the same goals the same um just the same path to get to that common goal and you know issue where you know especially this person i thought you know had worked for me and i could you know trust this person and it turned out that you know there was i think seems it seems like a little strong but you know and i guess it, for this i mean yes i was betrayed something that we had talked about in confidence um you know became more 
So kind of, you know, the first thing that you have to get past is the hurt, right? Yeah. Sure. You know, anybody that betrays your trust, you need to get past that hurt. And you also have to kind of stop the blame game, so to speak, because then, you know, one of the things that my mentor, and I actually had the same mentor at the time, you know, she just said, you know, there's a lot of things that get translation. Um, you know, certain people have different, even though you think you're aligned, have different goals. And, you know, you really have to have to ensure that you are have a, a good alignment with, with people. And even though this this it, it turned out to be, you know, I don't have a relationship with this person anymore, but it really taught me some things about communication. And even though I had, you know, once again, I'm not saying it was, you know, completely, you know, this person's fault, I have to take some accountability because their communication, whether it's verbal, nonverbal, what have you, is so critical to the relationship. And that really, that this, I call it this breach of trust has taught me to be my own advocate. And I can't stress that enough, Leanne, you have to be your own advocate nobody is going to hand something to you or just you know that, that's just not how it you can't ready to do things for you you've got to know exactly what you need and how to go about doing it yeah that's that's a really really good uh point and, and i think i mean we touched on this before but it's so important to find out who you can combine in but it sounds like you learn a lot about yourself through that um that situation and also that you are your own best advocate. So that sounds like it was a um, obviously a difficult time because obviously it's always painful when you do find out that somebody has betrayed your trust. But it it's, sounds like quite a positive experience in terms of discovering some things about yourself and what you wanted to become as a leader. Do you think that's right? Absolutely, Leanne. I mean, you know, the, the worst thing that you could do is just continue to stew on it or person, you know, I took this opportunity with the help of a mentor, of course, I, you know, I'd like to take all the credit for it, but I'm, you know, <laughs> my, my, I can't do that. You know, the first thing, you know, she'll, she'll you know, she listened, had to vent a little bit and then she's like, okay, do you have it out of your system? Let's really talk now. And what, what really, and I, I utilize that same framework. I think when I'm dealing with, you know, people, you know, ticked off and unhappy and, you know, even if it's colleagues of mine or just other people that I'm in, Hey, listen, okay, you can't change how certain people's behaviors are, but you can change the way you react to those behaviors. So absolutely, it is, it has helped me so much. And I mean, this later, but failures and just, I'll say hurt, help shape your career and how you react so much. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great, um, another great point because they do, they, these really sort of learned lessons really do shape who you are. But I think one of the biggest things you said, and I'm going to like, is the venting. You have to vent, get it out of your system, and then you can learn to learn. You can actually take note and do that sort of self-analysis and learn. But if you don't sort of have that initial quick vent or however long it takes just to get over that sort of painful situation, you end up just carrying it with you for a long amount of time. Um, and that's that's some of the stuff that I've seen in my industry, what about yourself? Have you seen people sort of carry things with them longer than they should? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we went through, I had a company and we went through a lot of change and a lot of challenges. And, you know, you have two choices, right? You can, that you will embrace that change or you move on. I mean, there's, you know, nobody's holding you down in a career 
you down in a company. And, you know, I still look back, you know, I had some of my fondest memories were working with the people of this organization. And, you know, we still get together for now and then. And there's some some anger and just like pent up frustration, you know, even after five years. And, you know, I, I take it, you know, as learning opportunities like, wow, I 80 percent of what I did there was great. The 20 percent. OK, you know, I'll, I'll things that I would improve on. But, you know, not, you know, just stewing on things and vent. You know, it's it's not going to make you any happier and it's definitely going to just hold you successful. True. Yeah, very true. And it's uh, it's quite interesting that this happens in every industry. It doesn't really matter what industry you're talking about. This is a personal development thing, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you could be, you know, I've been in a couple of different industries and it doesn't matter what industry it is. You, you know, there's great companies out there. There's good companies out there. You know, the same thing with leadership and there's poor, you know, and how you react to those or what you, or if you want to stay at a good company, but you'd rather work for a great company or, you know, how, have that choice to be able to to decide what you want to do and how you know to go work for yeah so um let's go back a little bit to to where it all started so what's what's the origins of the sort of kelly career journey then what happened at the beginning <laughs> that it had another it's it's actually pretty good i i used to be child of some of my friends that had college age kids that really didn't know what they wanted to do and that kind of tell you this short version, Leanne, you know, I went to school for social work. I, I you know, at, at that point wanted to to work with kids, wanted to, I started out actually working with uh, development and um, job coaching, finding um, opportunities in the area where to see if they can get in the workforce. And, you know, I liked it, didn't love it. Uh, pivoting, you know, a year or two after I started there, just, I couldn't, it just, you know, I, I needed something else. So I, I ended up working for the automotive industry on a production because I had heard, you know, you'll hear this throughout because it was a great company. And what I, this great company rewards people and gives people opportunities, especially if they've got their, you know, their, their degree and they work hard. And I said, oh, okay, well, I still don't really know what I want to do. And you know, my early twenties, I'm going to go, I, I'll see what they have available. Well, they had a first opportunity and I didn't really know what that meant but I was I ended up uh, building that had fiberglass in them so I went from kind of a cushy wore shorts was out you know you know in the sunshine in the summer to punching a clock from 7 to 3 30 car parts on a production line but and let me tell you what that was one of the most awesome things that I ever had to work for a team you know you had we had four people on the line we all had to be in and, and with that, you know, I'll fast forward a little bit. I just started volunteering for things. It ended up kind of after a year and a half, kind of falling in love with the quality aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it was checking parts, um, you know, doing auditing on the line, that's kind of where it started. And within, you know, kind of doing more of a technical role, they gave me the opportunity to do some quality engineering. And this company was... I mean, I took a, they gave me training, statistical classes, you name it. And, you know, I had it. Well, then there comes a time, you know, I did that, was really liking that, was interfacing 
some really great companies, including like Ford Motor Company, you know, and just learning a lot with people. Then I had an opportunity to move to another company that was closer to home. People, once again, it's surrounding yourself with your, your kind of your army, so to speak, or making your network. And I worked with there six months ago. They said, hey, we want you to become our fire quality engineer. Love what you're bringing to, to you know, to, to the uh, the previous company. We love your and yet we know you don't have any experience working with suppliers, but let's do it. And and from there on, you know, I did that. Met my future husband at this company. Um, and I think I told you this before, but two months before um, we were uh, married, my husband and I, the company announced it was closing. So, um, you know, <laughs> pounded the pavement and ended up at a medical device company. And I really liked quality aspect, ended up at a medical device company, interviewed, was their first supplier quality engineer, worked my way up through that, and then within three years was leading the whole quality at this company. So com coming from, you know, all within, I would say, a six-year span social work to leading, you know, quality at a medical device company, just, you know, it's... I don't know what you want to do, just, you know, start start trying things, you know, maybe go, go to... Hey, you know, if you don't really know what you want to do, just branch out and you'll figure it out and surround really good people. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that um, like I did it and I, I know other people have done it. When people don't know what they want to do, they sort of stick to what they're doing and then just um, don't really try anything else. And I think trying other stuff. I mean, you obviously tried something and from working on that production line, that's how you spotted quality. So it wasn't even the production line, it was the quality, the auditing, that's how you got that joy from it. But you never would have had that had you not got that production line job. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's no job, and I mean, this is one of the things that I felt with my team too. There's, you know, there's no job that's that's too big or too small for, for what, you know, we're doing. You know, it was a very short time there, but I learned so much and I'm not even quality perspective, just even interacting with people, uh, no, under, embracing differences with people five feet away from each other. You, you at least better respect each other. You might not like everything, <laughs> but you really have to respect each other. Yeah. And I think you've um, obviously took us through your sort of career pivot, um, you know, into that sort of quality. Um, you've moved to an organization, then obviously made redundant, ended up at a medical device company and progressed to the senior position that you're in, which sounds very smooth, but not all of that was smooth. There was some challenges along the way, wasn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, talking, yes, of course it was very smooth. No, absolutely not. There was definitely some challenges. Failing, so, let's put it that way. <laughs> so what, um, so obviously you ended up at this medical device company and you've progressed um, obviously to your sort of level at the moment. What were the sort of big leaps that took you from one level to the next? And how did, you know, mentors or any kind of support system really help you get there? Tell me about that. Sure. Um, I think always there's two things, that, two takeaways, I think, for me is when you have enough to inter interact with the leadership of the company, do it. You know, don't be, even if you're, you know, scared, shy, unsure, take the opportunity. So soon as, you know, soon as I had the opportunity to sit in a meeting, stand 
CEO, um, get to know the the quality director at the time. Um, huge. So people started kind of going, oh, now who who is that girl? Oh, okay, Kelly. Okay, how long has she been here? Just being able because people aren't going to know you're there if you don't speak up or don't make your. You know, I think that's that's one big thing. I think a second thing too is volunteering. I took on projects I had no business taking on, but I wanted to. Um, no business. I probably, you know, definitely stumbled a little bit, but I was willing to volunteering for things. I wanted to learn. I was, you know, new to the medical device industry. To to kind of round out, you know, to sound, you know, cliche, but get a toolkit because I wanted. I knew that I I had the drive to do something else, and. It was, you know, whether it was volunteering to run a process or volunteering to run the re or, you know, write the report for somebody out on, you know, they're out sick, you know, things like that, where, you know, instead of saying, well, in my comfort zone or that's not my job, I took the opportunity to say, yeah, I'll do that. I think it really helped me um, to my horizons and it helps you know get my name out within the company like hey she's got to 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 want to be able to better herself and also it showed uh, anybody else in the business that you were willing to sort of roll up your sleeves and and get get stuck into you know new things so if they needed somebody they could ask you and rely on you so you were showing that sort of reliability but chance to try new things that they needed help with i suppose yes absolutely i mean and that even to this day, you can't be, you know, I'm not going to ask my employees to do something that I would never, I mean, it, it just, you've got to be able to do, you've got to be able to show that you get in the trenches, so to speak, to, you know, to be able to, to, to move the needle or to bring the absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that's um, something that's happening quite a lot is that um, people don't want to try because they don't want to fail. Um and it's it's one th- I was actually talking about this on one of the other um, episodes with a with another lady that's that's coming on the series. And it's just one of the things that keeps popping up that we don't really want to try in case we fail. So we never try. And actually, by trying, that's how we learn. That's how we get noticed. That's how we get new opportunities. So it's definitely something that does need to change in our society. Is that something you, um, you know, advocate for as a as a mentee yourself? Absolutely. I mean, get out of your comfort zone. And because you're, if you, I mean, the the biggest thing, you know, I'll have, especially, you know, I have some, you know, quality people that, you know, ask and they say, well, I want to be a manager. I know. And I will. And so we take a step back. Okay. Well, you know, why, first of all, you know, is it, is it the money? Is it, you know, you know, so we always have a conversation of first, you know, they, they put the stake in the ground and say, well, I want to do this. So, walk through like okay well you know you're not big on you know speaking you know speaking in what we're going to do the next management review you're going to present half of the you know half of the giving that as an example and you know a lot of times i'll get the the blank stare or the are you serious yes we you know you have to to get yourself out of that if you want to better yourself or be successful you have to out of out of um you know your comfort level of what you know and i am so Big proponent when I'm when I'm mentoring people, really trying to get behind the whys, 
or discussing. You know, I'm not there to tell them what to do, but you know, give them coaching on some of the failures that I've made before, and also tell them, you know, making a mistake is okay. You know, I usually start when we have a group discussion if we're talking about a problem. What's the what's the worst thing that can happen? And then we go, then we walk backwards. Um, you know, I always I always like to try and say that my job, you know, it, from a quality regulatory, identify and mitigate risk. That is what I'm doing. I'm not there to to be a police officer, but I'm I'm helping the company identify, and then we we mitigate the risk that we've identified. Mm-hmm. And you uh, you use that in your mentoring style as well. And I suppose it lays it out on the table because. When you can see the potential risk, like what's the worst that can go wrong, it's not that bad in the grand scheme of things, is it? Right, exactly. I mean, I think we get so caught up sometimes in failure. I mean, this is such a great topic that I'm passionate about because what everybody, maybe everybody's definition of failure is a little different too. You know, I mean, and the, the risk, once you like look at it that way, and if the risk is, okay, somebody disagrees with me and I might have to okay we'll do it then so and I, I think people when people come work at our company especially now and they kind of see that that collaborative discussion that we're having I think sometimes floored because you know sometimes it's no it's my way or the highway or no nope, we're never gonna anything and that's just that's not realistic um you know I always like to say okay let's take a deep breath and go and now we're not looking back yeah no that's um that's, that's really interesting and it's such a great thing to hear that businesses like yours are doing this um because it does need to be something that is instilled with you know within that culture of a business and that's what you know um breeds creativity it breeds um understanding of different ideas it allows people to actually explore things they might not have before so that's where businesses advance really um and would you say your business has got that sort of entire culture? Does everybody adopt this sort of fail mentality that, you know, they're pushing forward? Yeah, I think so. What has made, you know, I've been with my current company for over three, three and a half years now. And it's a small company, you know, it's a smaller company, but absolutely. I mean, this is the way that we, that we make decisions, not just quality decisions or, you know, I mean, business decisions on what, let's let's get in a room let's you know whiteboard i mean it's it's you know whiteboard it out or let's get on you know during covid let's get on a zoom or teams call and and let's <laughs> talk about it. and you know once once we have that stake in the ground everybody gets a change more grumbling this is what the decision is everybody in agreement and then we move forward yeah uh, i like that. It, it is yeah it, it, it that's that is such a it's such a way you know I work so much better in a team environment um you know I, I working in a team because you know you you learn there's so many better different perspectives because I'll be looking at a problem you know the same way somebody else is and maybe I think I have the best you know solution, but then somebody comes up with three different other solutions and I'm like wow we can take all of those and you know this plan that's it's going to be great yeah, I, I like that as well, because I think because um, I'm in quite a male dominated environment, recruitment is quite male dominated. And, um, you know, we because we compete against other agencies, technically, um, if you put it in, in a sort of logical sense, 
somebody has to lose so that you can win and that transpires internally as well as externally and it's like if your idea wins then somebody else's loses but actually sometimes having this sort of whiteboard situation where all the ideas get talked about and actually you know if you couple my idea with your idea and the next person's idea we've now amalgamated all these different things and created this huge solution that is better than each of it by its own components and I think that's a big thing. It's collaborating the ideas to push down uh, the best solution for the business. And it sounds like you guys do that really well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, touching on the, the mentorship side, too, that is something that I, you know, as I'm just talking with, you know, mentors, you know, I, who I have called me for advice or even who I've called for advice, you know, the first thing is I'm like, you want to make sure you're listening all don't go in with preconceived notions you know that this way is the right way or what have you um just you know be honest and you want you want to have the, the open ears right don't go in with just a closed-minded and yep this is what i'm going to do even though i'm being and it has been very successful for us so let's touch on that a little bit. So talk to me about your sort of personal journey as a mentor yourself, because you've obviously had some great mentors over the years. So how has that shaped you as a mentor? Yeah, absolutely. Say so this is probably one of the proudest, you know, topics, so to speak, I can talk about in my great direct reports at my previous company um, in three out of currently leading other medical device manufacturers and I am that just happy and you know to see the success that they've had um and you know thinking about and each of them had started at different kind of different levels and seeing them throughout you know the same city that I'm working in all leading medical device companies in the similar role has been there is nothing better there's not a better feeling um than seeing the the people that you had direct responsibility for succeed i think the biggest things was being honest and i kind of touched on that but don't tell them what they want to hear you need to tell them if you, you know you're not going to sugarcoat it but be honest with them i always explain the why's take every moment as a teaching opportunity too i mean if they're coming to you for place on you know topic a you'll probably end up talking about a b and c so you know, be, be prepared. I always be prepared to kind of shift around because a lot of times the problem that they're having or is not necessarily the, the true problem. It's just the, the one that's masking them. So just being able to deep dive and listen. I'm a big person, you know, I, I making time just I mean, being honest is is probably the best the best two things that I can, you know, that I can offer to, you know, to my to the people that used to work for me. And it's been just it's been great to see them. Oh, that's good to hear. And if um, if there's anybody listening that has got sort of management responsibilities or is a mentor and they want to get better at it, or maybe they're even thinking about mentoring, um, you've obviously said honesty and listening. Is there any other sort of tips that you'd say um, really just create that really good trust factor between you and your your mentee? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, and I touched on it too, but try and look at it from bringing a different perspective. So especially if you're mentoring it's in a similar, you know, like quality, I've got mentor, you know, I do some quality regulatory, but then I have, you know, interns that I've, I've, I've mentored before. I always try and 
the experiences that I've had, good and bad, especially the bad ones. When I say bad, maybe the not so pleasant ones, because those are the ones that you really learn from. So I had the opportunity. I had a, a, a person take take me out to lunch a couple of weeks ago that just wanted to just pick my brain. Women working in the workplace. She's a new college grad. And I found that I spent more time the, you know, the experiences or when she would ask me a question, a lot of experiences and advice that I gave or coaching I gave to her was based on things that I should have, could have done differently, if that makes sense. And don't be, I mean, I love telling people and the failing that I've done because it really, really helped shape me. And, and I, you know, if I can prevent, but, you know, people can learn from some of the things that I've done, then I've done my job. No, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And I think it, it's exactly that. I think when, um, especially as a female, if you're a female leader and you're successful and you show that it's not been an easy road, you've come up with some challenges, but you've pushed through, you took some great opportunities. It just opens the gateway for other people and females to say, I can do that too. Um, and I think that's what I can see when I look at, uh, you know, female leaders in my industry. I think I can do that too. Is that kind of what spurred you on when you could see other people achieving something and you think, I want to do that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's right. It's a male dominated, you know, in a male dominated industry, but I, I have to say, I have never felt, you know, that being a woman has held me back. And I think part of that reality and part of it's the great people that I've worked with too. And, you know, that's another thing is, don't, you know, you're not, don't don't want to make excuses don't want to make you know you you know i've said it you are in charge of your success you are in charge of how you react to something and you know how how hard you're going to work at something it's not anybody else and you know game will only get you so far so i just you know i it's good old-fashioned hard it really is and you know that's kind of what i try and project to you know to, to and you know to the people that I discuss with even on in just people that you know have act with me on a daily basis and I think the the last thing too that when I kind of talk through or is don't be a I mean I'm not afraid to say I screwed up it probably every you know I probably say it every day at some point I'm like ooh, probably shouldn't have made that people love to hear you say you screwed <laughs> up sometimes and, and but especially, you know, when they hear it from me, everyone's like, oh, OK, so that's good. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to happen again. But we can't, you know, using that as an example and don't be afraid because everybody does it. And I love I want to say I love screwing up, but I, I love using those opportunity lessons. No, it's um, it's very much something that nobody wants to say. But when you hear somebody saying it, I think it definitely just opens the gates to saying okay I can admit it too because it happens we all you know make little mistakes make big mistakes and it, it, you know owning up to it and and turning around and saying right what if I learned from it is a big component um and also it it sort of gives that trust factor that you know we're not perfect nobody is perfect and trying to make sure that we're learning from everything that we do we're eventually gonna get better at all the things that we're trial trialing at um, so, yeah, it's definitely a very good point. So in um, terms of the sort of community that you surround yourself with, it sounds like you've got some really good people, not just a mentor, but you surround yourself with people that 
advocate for you, make sure that, you know, they've got your best interest at heart. If anybody at the moment is, I guess, looking to find, um, I guess, a group of people or surround themselves with people, what are sort of the, some of the key things that you recognise in people that show you, okay, they're, they're, they've got my best interest, they're looking after me, they want me to succeed. Do you have any indicators or triggers to be able to map out who are the best people to surround yourself with? Sure, yeah. It, it really, you know, finding that level of trust, it does take time. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you just click with somebody, but having having beliefs and similar problem solving skills, and I hate like how you a problem, right? Even though you might come to a different resolution or, or different corrective action, having the 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 same, I think, process has really helped. I've got a great group common interest. You know, we all have school age kids that all have been in the medical. We're all in the medical time we we enjoy getting out for once a month when it's not you know during a pandemic and that that level of trust is text the group and say i have just been tasked to start looking at ppe anybody have any and you see people jump to help you know maybe it's not that same day because they're in the middle of you know but it's just people that i've connected with that you know, it's that same belief system where, you know, we're there and maybe it's not even the matter. I've got some good friends that are in defense and in automotive that we just understand what it takes, you know, when I say successful or ha even happy. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the feeling of willing to be willing to admit mistakes. I mean, you know, I, I keep saying that, but it is so true and willing to laugh at yourself too. Like, oh my goodness, wait till you hear what I did with this auditor or, oh my goodness, this customer just must think, I mean, you know, being able to be open and honest and almost exposing yourself a little bit. And it does take time, Leanne. I mean, it's, you know, it does take time to, to find those people. And it's been through, you know, conversations, happy hours, and just general, like, um, you know, going through, you know, inspections together, it, it, it just really bonded us, you know, having that common goal of, oh my goodness, we love what we're doing and we, we're successful because we're balancing, you know, work and life and home and we're all cognizant of that. And, you know, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it really is just finding those people that are similar to you, not exactly alike. And I don't mean it that way because you want to, you want different, different, you know, different thinking, I guess, in, in your group, so to speak, but it just, those people that just get you, like they know how, how you tick, they know when you're struggling, you know, for me, my trigger is, oh my goodness, you know, I, I'm failing at home, but I'm doing great at work. You know, sometimes it's reverse and it's having those people just pick you up and say, it's okay to mis make a mistake. Yeah, I like that. And I think, I think that's a big part. It's the people that pick you up when you're having a little bit of a, um, a bad day, but, you know, at yourself, because we've all got that, um, internal sort of critic um, so to speak and we're always our worst enemy aren't we um, Absolutely. um and and also the the ones that listen to you when you need to vent as well i suppose that's a big thing as well so that's um the, there's some great tips in there um so and um, there was one thing that i wanted to um touch on a bit as well 
Um, and it was something that you mentioned when we first started talking about um, hosting this um, episode is you um, were struggling with something. I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of big regulatory audit of some sort and you'd not done it on that scale before. And somebody come up to you and said, we believe in you, you've got this. And I wanted to know, how did that feel to have somebody, you know, really have your back and then you had to go and figure it out for yourself. But you knew you had someone that had your back. How did that feel? Yeah, I was I was very fortunate. You know, the leadership, you know, had given me, you know, regulatory responsibility for this company. And I didn't have maybe as much regulatory experience as, you know, the the next person. And but they knew I was the right person for it, you know, to, to start leading these audits, to start, you know, uh, really mapping out the compliance pathway for this. And they said, you know what? you'll figure it out. You've got our back. We've got your back. You've got the tools. Here's some of the things that you can do or come and tell us what you need. And it it was the most uplifting, powerful thing that somebody could have said to me. You know, they they weren't regulatory experts by any means, but they believed in my skill set and they they and it was almost like I was so empowered that I was never going to fail with with so much trust that this that these people had in me and the leadership had in me that it was just it was such a it was such a I had such a successful feeling that I knew I was going to do this and I gave them the roadmap on how I was going to do it and you know I never have looked back from there and that is something that I take as when I'm you know bringing on new people or talking with people I mean some of those things are you know those words of I believe in you I trust you you know, hey, come back and, you know, tell me what you think. Those are such powerful words to people. It's, and I know I have firsthand knowledge on how that made me feel. And it was just like, I could accomplish anything. Yeah, I I think that is um, such an important message. You know, when somebody says, I believe in you, they're not talking about your ability. They're talking about your values and they know that your value is you're going to do it by any means, no matter whether you've done it before or whether you've not, you're going to figure it out. And we trust that you've got that that value and that ability to just get it done. And that, you know, we do need that um, as much as possible. Um, I mean, I recently got exactly the same situation to come over to New York and head up our, our Explore brand. And I've never done that before. And it was, we believe in you, go do it. Um, yep. And it's exactly the same sort of feeling like, oh, I feel great. Oh, I feel terrified. Oh, I feel great. Oh, I feel terrified. But you just get on with it because you've got somebody that's that's backing you. Is is that sort of a similar feeling that you you had as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's just there's nothing better when you, you know that, you know, they're not really asking you how you're going to do it. They just know you will get it done. And that, you know, it just is it's almost like the pinnacle of your success there a little bit like, cool. I people believe in me. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you need to deliver. (laughs) Of course, that part too. (laughs) So I guess as as a mentor as well, and and obviously you lead your own team as well, do you have people you've done that to as well? Have you seen, you know, some values in people where you think, right, this person is going to be amazing. I'm going to tell them I believe in them and and watch them fly. Is that worked for you in, in your sort of leadership skills? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even is, you know, as, you know, soon as last week, you know, I was having a discussion with somebody and, you know, I think there was maybe, I don't want to say miscommunication, but the, the, the message that I gave maybe wasn't, I didn't deliver it as good as I could have and wasn't received. Like there wasn't really, you know, the person didn't really kind of understand the point. 
And, you know, we had a conversation and, you know, the, the point was, hey, you are the right person for this team. There's nobody else that I would want on this team and we are going to do great things. And the, the look on the person's face was like, like a look of relief. And all it took, you know, took was a one minute conversation of, of that. And, and um, it was completely, it completely turned the conversation completely turned and the, the behaviors that not necessarily the behaviors, but the belief, and you could just see the relief on that person's face. Yeah, it's uh, it is definitely um, something that needs to be talked about more, but just having somebody say, no, we believe in you. It really does take away all that, um, that, that pain away of thinking, Oh my God, am I going to be replaced? Is someone going to come in above me? Is someone going to take my job? And, you know, in the current climate at the moment, it's more important than ever. But if you if you do have a team of people and they're a little bit, you know, nervous about the future, this is the time to tell them how important they are. It's, exactly. Well, it's um, Kelly, it's been absolutely fantastic to listen to your story. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I think some of the tips that you've got have been fantastic. I hope you've enjoyed sharing your story as well. Um um, what I will do is if anybody would like to maybe reach out to you for any tips or stuff like that, can they get hold of you on, on LinkedIn in case they, they do want to reach out and ask any questions? Absolutely. Um, no, I, you know, I, I hope you can tell this is a passion of mine and I love just to speak about the experience and, you know, the, the success that, that I've been, that I've had and through, you know, failures and other things. So absolutely, please feel free. And Leanne, this was, this was, thank you very much for having me. What a great opportunity. No worries at all. Well, for everybody that's listening, thank you for listening to Kelly's story. I will share her LinkedIn below so that you can click on there and visit her if you've got any questions or you can add any to the comments on LinkedIn. But thank you for listening and um, we'll see you at the next episode.